Hey, how's it going? Tommy Taylor here. And I'm Desnica, and welcome to the Marriage 2.0 podcast. couple that went through just about everything bad someone can go through in marriage quadruple times over and came out more in love than ever and using our story to inspire and give hope to the world. Since we've come out of our version of hell on earth, we have built a global marriage coaching business mentoring hundreds of couples and individuals all around the world. We've helped them fix issues like affair recovery, communication, intimacy issues, addictions, and all forms of abuse when no one else could. We've gone through all of these things plus so much more, so we get it. We tried everything out there from counseling, therapy, intensives, webinars, hundreds of books, and even tactics like Slow to Speak, Quick to Listen. And the truth is, all of those things were just band-aids that left us on an emotional roller coaster from hell. We truly believe that when you couple a heart for God and a strong desire for massive action, anything is possible. But honestly, most of us are never given the right knowledge. The Marriage 2.0 podcast shares interviews from the world's most successful people in business, sports, health, entertainment, and finance in order to help you live the purpose-filled life God designed for you so that you can live an inspiring life filled with more freedom, love, and impact. So get ready to learn the stuff that no one ever taught you about marriage. Your old marriage is dead and marriage 2.0 starts now. So here's the thing, like a lot of people don't know what a healthy marriage is. Honestly, frankly, to be frank with you, no one really does. Like none of us are really told these things. They have never seen most. I mean, I know I didn't like, I mean, my parents were together, but, um, I never really seen and was told exactly what a healthy marriage was. And most people honestly have no clue or any idea what a healthy marriage looks like. No, so much. So like, it's so crazy. And you know, we're grow up and like, we're just kind of like put out there to go to school, you know, and then go into the marriage. But like, how can you have a solid, like solid marriage when you weren't shown that, right? And so a lot of people grow up without any solid communication skills. They have no idea, you know, who they are as a person. And so then they get into the relationship, you know, with someone and they expect like to just be complete in that relationship, you know, just based off of a connection. You complete me. Yes. And, you know, we had, Wrong. we did have those, <laughs> those things in our life. Like that's, that is what we said. Um, so no judgment, obviously, like that's where we were, but it's yeah. not a, it's not a truth by any means. No, I, I blame. So here's the thing. I, yes, I'm going to go there. I blame this on Disney. I blame it on Hallmark and the notebook and like a lot of other, like the romance stories. Yeah. 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 Like Prince Charming, like is going to ride it on his white horse, like all this crap. Like, that ain't the real way real life works, right? Like you don't, yeah, you can connect with some people better than others, but it doesn't mean there it's, it's some magical thing, right? Like love is a choice. And honestly, like, like for example, like, uh, let me just, I just want to rant on one of them. Hallmark, for example, like it's so stupid. The idea of the show, they make a lot of money off of it. So great business idea, horrible concept with relationships, right? Look at it. Like they get, they get together in the holidays. They meet somewhere. Uh, random stranger comes in the town, most likely a guy. Uh, and then the girl meets him. They become in love overnight. And then all of a sudden they get into an argument, a disagreement. That's a surprise. And then all of a sudden the magic of Christmas cures everything. And, you know, as we joke about that, it's, 
it's, you know, these things are programmed into, into who we are. And like, this is how we are indoctrined as like a society, you know, to have these beliefs and these viewpoints in marriage. And honestly, like I have been told by, you know, so many clients and just people I talk to of, you know, like my, I, I thought my spouse saved me. Like it was like, um, just, you know, they came in and rescued me from the crap that I was in, in my house. Like it was, and what that signals is if you needed saving, then obviously you were experiencing a bunch of trauma and weren't a healthy individual. And now you're literally jumping from one thing to a next, still never healing and actually being a whole healed person to be able to have a healthy marriage. Yeah. Like people carry trauma from their kid, kid, uh, from days, their childhood, days, yeah, their childhood days as a kid, basically, um, all the time. Right. And when it comes down to it, like for me, for example, I had, um, I had seizures for 17 years of my life. I was picked on, I was bullied. I thought I was worthless, defective, like, you know, and what is that going to show up in the marriage? Well, I'm going to show up not confident. I'm going to show up, uh, not being able to lead effectively. I'm going to show up in, 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 and not really a way I can show up and be the man that I need to be for my wife, myself, and my kids, right? Oh, absolutely. And it's so common. And just time alone doesn't heal wounds, right? So all of the things we experience from being a kid, um, for myself, like I obviously went through a ton of different aspects, um, just so many different avenues that like, and things that I had gone through like as a kid, but a lot of it instilled, you know, being unloved. Um, I really did feel unloved and unwanted uh, by my dad. So, you know, just, he wasn't there. It was always about my brother. And so, you know, that instilled a lot, um, of pain within myself. Right. And then also just being picked on and bullied. Uh, I was also bullied in school. Kids are freaking mean, man. Um, <laughs> so that's a whole different Avenue, but going home crying just about like my own, my own self. And honestly, all of those things just having time go by or blocking it out or blocking it out, like doesn't actually make you say like, Hey, like you're actually healed or you've processed through. It just means that you've denied it and it's beneath the, the surface just festering. Yeah, absolutely. And honestly, I mean, if you look at society's standards of a healthy marriage, like it's honestly ridiculous. Like for example, even society's standards of uh, what a man's supposed to be in a marriage, right? You know, it's, it's like a be manly man, right? Like it's supposed to fix all the plumbing and mow the yacht lawn. And y'all don't want Tommy fixing anything really. No, you don't <laughs> want me fixing. You do not, do not, I repeat, do not want me fixing anything to do with, um, working with my hands. I'm good with a lot of other things. just not that. And so, uh, it's stereotypical, like, or like, you know, wife's supposed to be a stay at home mom and they could do all these things. Like it's just ridiculous. And cook all the time and cook all the meals. And just for the record, cooking is not my thing. I'm not the best at it. I do it because we have to eat. But Tommy is the better cook. Um, um, I cook some things better, but for the most part, like Tommy is naturally a better cook. Um, and we tag team that. So, you know, we don't meet society standards on that aspect. Absolutely not. I refuse to mow the yard. Um, I did it when we were married first because we didn't, we didn't have money. But um, I don't do that now. So that being said, like if, if you have to, it's a different story. But I, I choose not to because... Some people like mowing the lawn. I have no idea why in the world you would like mowing I the yard. I like mowing the yard. <laughs> I cannot comprehend that whatsoever. It sounds like I'm being sweaty and dirty. And cr- oh, I just don't want to do it. Um, but anyways, like a lot of society standards, like they're basically, they're, their version of, of a good marriage is when basically like so you're, you're getting along. 
right? Yeah, and we're happy. not we're not fighting about, you know, we're not like at each other's throat. You know, we we have normal disagreements, and you know, society is like, oh, like you know, it's okay to have you know some disagreements and and just to kind of bicker and you know just be at that place. But as long as you know you're not like trying to kill each other, yelling and screaming out your mind, and you know, as long as y'all are happy. Yeah, and also here's the thing, like. People associate in society, my, my grandparents were together for 50 million years. Okay. It doesn't mean they had a great marriage. It just means they were stubborn and they refused to get a divorce. <laughs> like I might point in point an example. My grandparents, um, on, on what, not, not, I didn't really know a whole lot about my grandparents on my, um, they were there. They kept their relationship more private on my uh, mom's side, but my dad's side, man, it was horrible. Like, they were physically abusive, emotionally abusive. Like it was, it was a ridiculously horrible marriage. And, and honestly, like there was not a whole lot of benefits to it, but the fact that they, it just was not acceptable by society in their terms to get a divorce. Should they love each other? Yeah. But it was a miserable marriage. Yeah. It, and so time doesn't dictate, you know, what a good marriage is either, but society will tell you as long as you're together, if you're together a long time and you're happy, then, you know, Hey, that's a good marriage. And honestly, like, it's not, I don't know why society focuses on that, but just being focused on being happy and like connection, that's not enough to have a healthy marriage. You know, no, love <laughs> is not enough. No, it's not. And the problem is, is like the concept of society is centered around an emotion. Uh, and first of all, emotions like swing like crazy, anything like they're very fickle. They're very finicky. They're, they're not reliable by at all like they're just not you can't base your life on an emotion whatsoever you know and then honestly most of the time what happens is like one spouse will have it in their mind where you know they expect the other one to just make them happy this was I think this might have been both of us but I'll, I'll most certainly own my side and say that uh, I thought as long as I treated Tommy well it was his job to make me happy mm -hmm. and he failed miserably early in our marriage as well as anybody would um, yeah. and that, that honestly that leaves you in a place to where you never feel good enough you never feel like you can hit the bar i used to always say that all the time all the time yeah and all the time. honestly people have this like kind of thought put into their heads like as long as we're stable as long as there are no problems big problems like we both agree on things most of the time and no problems we're aka happy we're good right we're good no you're not your version of good's probably crap to me so like everybody's like, like you can go to Ryan's steakhouse and get a steak or you can go to Fleming's and get a steak, both drastically different. <laughs> yes, they are so different. And so obviously society is super confused and all over the place and most certainly not a good gauge whatsoever to define what a healthy marriage is because a healthy marriage is so much more than just being happy. And what happens is, is like, while you're on this trek of just following happiness and just, you know, getting by. Do what know, makes you happy. Yeah, do what makes you happy. But at this point, what happens is like life happens, like life starts to occur. You know, the kids are involved chasing careers and, you know, or a career. A lot of times it's like um, one spouse is the one really chasing the career and the other one is making sacrifices for them. But what happens is life it becomes really routine you know, which is some highlights like a vacation here or there, you know, and if you think your marriage is good just because you're sacrificing everything for your spouse and y'all have an occasional once a year family vacation, like that is 
so like that it's so empty to me like that is not a dictation of like a healthy marriage at all it reminds me when we went to that um that hotel in gatlinburg and there was this couple there then they were like yeah our marriage is good like we have i mean we're doing really really great it just it does it transitions we're doing really really great and the example of really really great is we have a lot of nice cars we have a lot of toys we get to go on the lake all the time you know we get to we get to go on vacations all the time okay what did i miss the marriage somewhere where was that i don't remember that so you're doing well financially okay cool (laughs) yeah doesn't mean you have a great marriage whatsoever uh, yeah, in fact, then just talking with that couple um, for a little bit in the hot tub that night, uh, you could actually see a lot of like the resentment that was built up towards each other. Uh-huh. And and uh, it was a lot. There was a lot of resentment built up towards each other. Uh, but yet they were claiming they had a great marriage just because they were good financially. Right. And like, that's so not true. You know, and life isn't just about like the financial aspect, too. And just going through the motions. And that's where so people, so many get stuck, you know, just going through the motions. And the marriage ends up literally in the mix of the mundane of life, just part of the routine. You know, things are just said and, you know, the marriage and each other start to take a back burner in life. Whereas like once like you were really truly pursuing like your spouse and investing in them. And now it's just like, that's a lot of work and a lot of effort. So you know, I just, I have to focus on like the kids, like, right. Like I have a lot to do. And just from like my perspective, I know that was a lot of what I had said, you know, there's just so much to do. Like, I don't have time. I don't have time to go on dates and, you know, just focus on, on us. It was really like the pursuit had just stopped and life took over. Yeah. But the thing is like, understand, well, two things I want to point out. One thing I said earlier was to do what makes you happy. That's not what I meant. That was just a a funny thing that I said, number one. And two, also you got to understand that like conversations here, they, what happens is they become dull day by day, night by night, mundane, what needs to be done basically daily, logistical conversations, blah, blah, blah. Right. There, there is doing the kids. Yeah. There, doing dinner. there isn't time for deep conversations Mm-mm. at this point. Not that that would fix it anyways, but there's, there's resentment built. There's anger that grows, right? There's no time for deep, intimate conversations. And what happens is like you want and have that like lingering and desire to have a deep, intimate connection with your spouse, but yet you're so exhausted um, and then just letting life go on and just going through where you're not making any of it a priority and most certainly not having deep conversations was most certainly hurts intimacy, you know? And heaven forbid, like you don't have time to talk about, about dreams right now. Like we don't talk about that. There's no time. And besides, like it gets to the point where like you don't even dare mention dreams because it'll just spur arguments because most of the time, like you're not on the same page financially, you know, of like financial decisions and, or like, Hey, like, uh, just, you know, you you don't want to rock the boat in any way and just kind of keep it going. No, and basically both the marriage and personal dreams end up pretty much being put on the back burner. And basically you pick up a daily safe routine, right? And honestly, like, here's the thing. Even if you were to do the complete opposite of this and have the dreams and have the goals and have connections, like in terms of like what you do in terms of like talking and like going on vacations and not not letting it get mundane and being intentional, honestly, it's just postponing the the, the inevitable, 
eventually because while these things are important, you still know the right foundations in place. Yes. And you want to be able to have like a true foundation so that the marriage can truly be like a healthy marriage. And so often like what happens is like also, you know, with the fear of of taking risk or the fear of doing, uh, going after goals or dreams, it gets to the place of like, oh, we can't do that. Like we're strapped to the we're strapped to the point like where we can't move like I'm scared what if what if I try and chase my dreams and it doesn't work and then we lose the house or what if what if I try and chase my dreams and then we have to move or you know like all this fear or like what if we try and chase our dreams and you know and then we can't afford to keep you know Billy and Joe and Ann all playing baseball and gymnastics and martial arts and every activity that they're involved in right? Like all of these things become so mon- like so holding you hostage that you're truly just focused on the task, right? Like the daily task, the doing the same thing in and out just to get by. And you're like, oh, I just got to push on just, just longer and longer. Yeah. And everything basically more or less you lose the spark between you two. Everything gets stagnant in your own personal life, the marriage, and you lose the spark. I would say both personal spark and marriage spark. Um, but Whenever you're living out of alignment, there's something you got to stand here. You, something you got to not stand, understand here, is that you're gonna be you're gonna be in, in a state of anxiety and stress with, when you're out of alignment of things that you should be doing. Meaning, a lot of people, honestly, so most people aren't stressed and overwhelmed from the things that they're doing. It's not from doing too much. It's usually from not doing the things that they should be doing in alignment with that's in alignment with their core values and principles that and they're not doing enough of that. And so basically like whenever you're living out of alignment, again, there's anxiety and stress. And so you become more stressed and overwhelmed and not living in everyday life, but basically within yourself as well, not running, but you're running on empty. Right. And so that leads to short snappy attitudes, misunderstandings, assumptions. I wonder what an <laughs> assumption is. Don't be an assumer. <laughs> uh, but you know, that being said, at least the problems being initially just, and inevitably being swept under the rug. And honestly, it's not your fault. You never were taught how going back to the very beginning of this, you were never taught how to have a successful marriage, be healthy individual. And it's almost inevitable. I I truly believe 99% or more of the people that get married, number one, they don't have any foundations. And two, I believe that their marriage is inevitably going to fail. And I'm just going to be real. I'm, I'm a marriage coach. I really believe that. Because they don't have the proper foundations in place. It's almost inevitable to be in a failure state or to be horrible. Yeah, there's, you can't, how can you be successful, extremely successful at something that you were never taught? You know, and as you resonate on that, like, you know, even if you did see a healthy marriage, like were you actually taught how to be a healthy individual? And it's not saying that your parents are, are bad. And that's, that's something a lot of people struggle with is like, just because you weren't taught doesn't mean like your parents are bad people or bad in general. It means that they didn't know either. And that's because our society as a whole, our society doesn't teach what a healthy marriage is, what a healthy individual is. We're not, we're not taught how to process through things. And most, most often or not, like what we're actually taught is to shut up, suck it up and focus on the positive and try harder uh, and don't cry too much and things will work out. 
Yeah, and it's no, it's not. This not is okay. a work. Yeah, and honestly, this is when walls go up even more so, and intimacy plummets. Oh. Literally, not, not just physical. Well, probably both, but honestly, emo- mostly emotional intimacy and connection here plummets. And so, more times than not, this creates a couple who have gone through really a lot. Number one, but have grown into into one. Meaning, like people misunderstand that whole unity candle crap. Like they, they lose themselves into a place where they they put their identity into the roles of spouse or and or spouse and parent. Meaning, like for example, a lot of moms or wives will lose themselves into the role of wife and mom, right? And a lot of men, obviously, put like their their identity into like provider, you know. And sometimes just a paycheck. Yeah, yeah. and sometimes spouse too. It's just, it is really common. Uh, I was the one who had did this that I had put my identity into you know, I, into Tommy, like my identity was Tommy. It was like his hopes, his dreams, his aspirations. Those were mine. And I claimed it, you know, yeah, those are mine. Like, and that was, that was cool. And I claimed, you know, everything about the kids too. However, like it, it wasn't truth. Like those weren't really my goals and dreams. It was just, I didn't know who I was and I had just placed my identity in those roles and it's super common. But what happens is doing that when you place your identity in the wrong thing and don't know who you are, you're going to hit a breaking point where you flip out one day and like, what about me? <laughs> you know, a lot of people call it a midlife crisis. It's more of an identity crisis. Yeah, um, that's when you hear about people just all of a sudden leaving. Yeah. Just walking out and like, you know, and it's like, what? And it's because of, because of this, it's so important, you know? And so a healthy marriage is not where you become one of literally the same goals, same dreams, uh, making sacrifices and just existing and going through the motion, being together all the time, the same, uh, same likes, same dislikes. So if you're thinking, oh, like, well, me and my spouse are really opposite. Hey, that's cool. Even if y'all do like the same things, like it, it's fine, like either way, but you don't have to be one person, right? Like you are two completely different people. You know, and then the flip side of the growing into one, the flip side is where people grow into two completely like different people of lives, like where they run different lives. They barely have any interaction, but they just kind of pass at home. It's like passing ships in the night type of thing. Just roommates, you know, hey, we're, hey, and that's it. That's about it, right? Both of those are like the most common for our society. I'll say the growing into one is the most common. And then having two completely separate lives is the second. And both of them are actually incredibly toxic and headed on a path of destruction. Uh, And we experienced all three. And you're like, wait a minute, I thought there was two. There's three. The third one's a healthy one. Um, But we've experienced all of them. And so that being said, like, how do you fix this, right? Well, number one, like, you have to recognize that the relationship is not to be taken for granted and just expected to just be good. I'm good. Again, love unknown is not enough. Uh, All we need is love. No, you need a lot more than just love. A lot, like a boatload. And so love is, love is an action though. It's not a feeling like a lot of people associate, like that's when you hear statements like, "I, I love, I love you. I'm just not in love with you anymore when all these walls and everything goes up. But that being said, like love is an action, not a, not a feeling. Right. And you know, just like all things in life that are truly worth anything, they take intentionality. They take effort to keep it, to grow. 
you know, and to keep it strong and on the right path, you know. So a huge lie is, oh, if it's meant to be, it'll just happen and all fall into place. Uh, no, having a healthy marriage is not effortless. Like it, there, there's work in any relationship and especially in a marriage. Like it's not just, oh, it'll happen. No, that's a lie. Um, and that's living in feelings and there's gonna be no one who can just like flow with every swing of your emotion, right? Like, no, like it takes intentionality and effort to stay on the right path. Yeah. And Hey, listen, we've had a lot of affairs and if you're with an affair right now and you're just saying, Oh, they just get along with them effortlessly there too. We just connect. Right. It's been, a lie. Been there, done that. It's a lie. It's Eros love. It's infatuation. It's not real. And what I will tell you is that it's built up false reality in your own head by both consciously and subconsciously of what you think you want, right? It's not real. It would, it, it's not real. It, it would end up in a, in a worse route than what you're in right now. Yes, a hundred percent. And we'll have to dive deeper. I feel like that would be a great one, to, like just conversation in itself to understand what a false reality is. Uh, but also just over this and like, what is a healthy marriage you know, you, you have to continue like that pursuit and to be intentional just because you're married doesn't mean that you start taking your spouse for granted. It's not like, Oh, well, you're stuck with me. So now I can do whatever I want. Like, no, like that's very arrogant and prideful. It's not just a privilege that, you know, you're married. And especially in like in today's society, like if you, you need to take action step to truly implement and protect the marriage. Absolutely. So uh, basically, like a lot of people in life like are told that you don't just sacrifice. That's not true. Um, a lot of people in life are told that a marriage is. It, it's it's just it's just sticking together as much as sacrifice. You just have to sacrifice sacrifice. It's not true. It doesn't just have trucking along. It doesn't have to be miserable. It can be amazing. Why would God design it to be miserable? That doesn't make any sense to me. But like, no, it's a gift. Yeah, you have to, you can still be a healthy version of you and have a healthy marriage. Like a healthy marriage isn't going through the motions every day, just existing. A healthy marriage is walking through life together, still being you, still pursuing your dreams and aspirations in life and goals and walking through life together. Right? Yeah. And it's so important to recognize that like the healthy marriage is two healthy individuals that are walking through life together. But as you notice, like there's two parts to that. Like it takes two healthy individuals walking through life. And so it there is a lot, but you're not one. You're not two completely separate people of like completely separate lives. You're two healthy individuals walking through life together. Absolutely. So that's what we believe a healthy marriage is. Two healthy individuals walking together in life without ever losing any of their goals, dreams, hopes, aspirations, anything about their identity, but instead adding to the relationship and walking alongside each other, right? So yeah. we want to tell you a little bit about God's priorities, though, because this is where people kind of get things screwed up. And so a lot of people, like, you'll hear the statements, um, God, if, if you ask someone what their values, they'll be like, God first, family second, career third, blah, 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 right? Well, the way it's supposed to be and what we believe, personally, you can believe whatever you want, I don't care, but, like, what we believe and what God believes is this. It's supposed to be God first in your life, then you. This is this is an order of priorities. God first, then you in a self-care way. Not, not a, selfish. Not selfish. 
not a selfish way, a self-care way, then, then it's going to be your spouse, then your kids, then your business purpose, work, whatever it is, then your extended family and friends and et cetera. Right. Yeah. And, and the reason is why. So first of all, it's God first because one, he's always first and he doesn't want anything above him or any idols. Uh, And a lot of people actually do put a lot of things, including their marriage and their spouse as on a pedestal as an idol. So, you know, God first, and then you, and what that means is like you in a self-care way, you know, God actually commands us, you know, to love your neighbor as yourself, right? But as yourself. So if I can't love me and take care of me, then I'm not going to be able to show up at a place of fullness. Instead, if I'm drained and never make time for me or take care of me, then I'm going to be showing up like resentful, anger, exhausted, just completely not, not, not representing God at all. (laughs) Uh, And not being the, my best version either. I'm just going to be giving out the bare minimum. And so if you want to have impact and have like, true relationship with your spouse and kids, you actually have to come from a place of fullness. If you're so drained all the time um, and exhausted and just feel used and abused and just want, want, want kind of, right? Like just, there's nothing left, nothing more I have to give. And I'm not gonna lie, that's where I was. You know, then you're not gonna be able to actually have good relationships with anyone, you know? So that's why it's God first, you in a healthy self-care manner, and then your spouse, and then your kids. You have to fill your cup or else you're going to be pouring from an empty cup, basically. and Or that cup will eventually fill up, but with anger, resentment, and hate. Absolutely. Yep. Uh, I live that for sure. And, you know, yes, your spouse does come before your kids. And this is hard for a lot of people. Um, but all of this is biblical. Go check our word. Go do your own study. Look it up. Um, and then work, obviously. And then family. So that also means you don't put your parents before your spouse either. No, it's a big no, no. Yes. Yes. But we hope you found this valuable and remember we love you. God loves you. Have a good day. Now that's all we have for today's show. And remember prayer without action is just dead faith. So make sure to implement everything you learned here today from today's show. By the way, hope you enjoyed this episode on the Marriage 2.0 podcast. And if you did, please make sure you share this episode on your social media and tag at Tommy and Desnica. And if you did enjoy it, make sure to subscribe to the Marriage 2.0 podcast and give us a five-star rating. However, listen, most importantly, so many people are at the end of their ropes, crying themselves to sleep every night. And we can only spread our message and story so far here. So we need you to make sure that you really share the knowledge with others that really need it so that we can impact them. Yes. And you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. So make sure to join our free Facebook group, Christian Marriage Coaching for support, daily content, and free trainings to help you go from roommates to teammates. Have an amazing day and God bless.